Well, the uh, series, as you know, that we're going through right now is called Every Day. We're talking about things in our lives that God wants us to experience every single day. Because as Pastor Chris shared with a little bit earlier, as you think about the Bible, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here, amen? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of direction that God gives us, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful they didn't just give us a page or two because we'd be begging Him for more. Thank the Lord He gave us so much. But I know that sometimes that can be overwhelming as you're thinking about your walk with the Lord, especially if you're maybe getting a walk started, or even for Christians who've walked with the Lord for a while. Sometimes it can get complicated and we need to come back down to God. What's this really all about? And specifically today, we're going to talk about this aspect. Every single day, I need to allow God to deal with sin in my life. How many of you have a fear of some certain animal? Okay, uh, I don't know what it might be for me the last few years. I don't know if I'd say fear, but it's just kind of snuck up on me. Uh, but the last few years, I just don't care for spiders. I mean, I just don't care for them. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm still the man of the house. I can take care of the situation. If there's a spider on the ceiling, I will grab some Kleenex. I will get him. I'll throw him in the, in the toilet and I can take care of business. All right. But I just I just don't care for the little boogers anymore. All right. For others of you, it might be snakes. I remember as Shannon's grandmother, she called her grandmama. She said her grandmother, she would never use the word snake, okay? She would say, Robbie, uh, granddaddy found an S in the backyard yesterday. I'd say, grandmama, what's an S? And she says, you know those things that I don't like to talk about? Oh, granddaddy found a snake in the backyard. Well, as bad as grandmama didn't like snakes... Can you believe I heard about a guy in Virginia in 2012, a 70-year-old man that had 24 venomous snakes in his house? And guess what happened? One of them bit him! (laughs) Duh! (laughs) And guess what happened? He died! That's what venomous snakes do, people, right? They found the guy dead in his house with a, with a snake bite on the end of his hand. He, he's 70 years old. I mean, maybe he had made it 40 years with venomous snakes and that one just finally got, I don't know. We see these stories about people, you know, living with a grizzly bear, you know, and taking care of the grizzly bear. And then later they die as a result. Are we, people wrestling alligators and they wrestle alligators for a while and all of a sudden, guess what? They get eaten by the alligator. And we wonder, what are these people thinking? And yet many times we are doing the same thing in our own lives. We are allowing things into our lives that do not need to be there. And if they are there, they do not need to stay there. So that's why this morning we're talking about this aspect of our daily walk with God that daily we need to allow God to speak to our heart about things that are in our lives that do not need to be there, that aren't His will, that aren't His purpose, that aren't going to be blessed, that aren't going to help us, but are only going to hurt us. And I want to start this morning by talking about this, because I think this is maybe the problem with those people that have those animals, but it's our problem with sin as well. The first thing is this, sin, we need to realize, is very serious. Those people that have those dangerous animals, I mean, have you ever talked to somebody like this or you see them interviewed, you know, they're like, oh, but he's so cute. My, my pet tiger, he's so cuddly. What do people like that say? Oh, he wouldn't hurt anyone. 
Well, lady, I hate to tell you, in heaven, tigers aren't going to eat people, but they do here on earth. Amen? (laughs) Why are we so surprised when that happens? But we need to realize that sin is just as dangerous. We become comfortable with something that is very dangerous to our lives. Listen to Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. You can uh, read along on the screen. Basically, Cain, God is speaking to a guy named Cain in the book of Genesis. And Cain has done something. And God says, that's not the way you should have handled that, Cain. Okay? But now listen to what the Lord says to him. He says, but if you do well, will you not be accepted? Now, just kind of uh, helping you understand what he's talking about there. Cain had done this. God said that wasn't the best way to handle it. He says, but... If you make the right decision now, will you not be accepted? Will things not turn out okay? He's basically saying, hey, you made a mistake, buddy, but you've got an opportunity to do what? To make it right. To make a better decision. He says, and if you do not do well, if you choose not to make that right, not to make the right decision, he says, sin lies at the door. It is crouching. It is waiting for you to choose to not to do the right thing. And its desire is for you. And you should rule over it. God is telling Cain, He says, listen Cain, you've got an opportunity right here that there is something that is not my purpose for your life. I'm showing you that. And you better make the right decision because if you don't, sin is waiting right outside the door. It's going to enter in and it's going to take control of your life. And guess what? It did. He made the wrong decision, and as a result of that decision, anger and bitterness came over him, and it ultimately ended up in the first murder in the Bible. Cain killed his brother Abel. Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. In that verse, the Bible tells us that be sure your sin will find you out. We tend to convince ourselves that we'll get away with something, or or that it's maybe not as bad as it seems like. But the Bible says that we cannot get away from what sin produces. I heard someone say this one time, and it's just been a phrase that's kind of stuck in my mind. They said that sin will take you farther than you wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And it'll cost you a whole lot more than you ever wanted to pay. Isn't that true? How many of us are sitting in this room and we made a decision in our lives and we did not intend for all of that? Amen? I mean, I just, you know, I thought this. I knew maybe it wasn't the best decision, but, but I certainly intend for all this to happen. It, it took us a lot farther than we ever intended and it kept us there a lot longer than we wanted to stay there and it cost a lot more than we ever bargained for paying. Isn't that true? You know, many people want to put that back on God. Oh my goodness, I mean, you just mess up one time and it's like, wham, buddy, you know, he just like takes you out. It's like God is ready for you to step out of line and he's going to do something to hurt you. But is that what the Bible says? It doesn't say God's crouching at the door. It says that what is? Sin is crouching at the door. It is the very nature of sin to destroy wherever it finds itself. Sin is serious. Because that, that's just what it does. In fact, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says this. It says, the wages of sin is death. Now, there's a, great ver- there's a great piece on the end of that, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God for that. Amen? But it's telling us that the nature of sin, what it produces, what we earn for that 
is death, is hurt, is destruction, is pain, is hardship in our lives. And wouldn't we all agree that it's true? I mean, think about our lives. When someone lies, what does that do to a relationship? It tears it down, doesn't it? It could destroy it. It doesn't build up. It doesn't make better. It doesn't make stronger. It tears it down. So think about in my life. Think about in your life. The decisions that I've made that were not God's purpose for my life. Think about how much that's hurt my life. And maybe it's not even the decisions you made. There's other people in your life and they've made some decisions. And because of their wrong decisions, hasn't that been a domino effect and it's affected your life in many ways? And then just the world around us. Even if we were all making the right decisions, we live in a broken, messed up, a fallen world that is not fixed yet. Thank God He's going to. But because of that, we, we see the, the hurt and the pain all around us. The Bible says that sin is serious. Maybe a different way we could look at it is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Did you hear those verses, friend? The Bible says that you are, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you are a temple for God to dwell in. Isn't that incredible? And so when we begin to think about it that way, we think, you know what? I would never want to defame or taint or corrupt the temple that God's in. Amen? I want you to imagine with me. What if we came in this morning and someone had walked all over this building and had spray-painted bad language? What if somebody had done that? What if we walked in the building and last night while we were gone, somebody came through the whole building? We would all be what? We'd be appalled, wouldn't we? We would say, that's wrong. We would say, somebody's got to do something. Somebody needs to talk to those people. That, that shouldn't happen. They should get in trouble for that. How come we're not that appalled about sin in the real temple? Amen? By the way, just if it makes you feel better... I can't get it off, but that's paper. <laughs> but wouldn't that be the case? If somebody went through this whole building, wouldn't we come in this morning just broken about it? So why is it that this temple, this is a nice building for God to use, but this is not the house of God. This, those are the houses of God. So because of that, there are certain things I can't do. There are certain places I can't go. There are certain things I can't say. Because I am a what? A temple of the mighty God. The God of the universe is living in here. And that matters some way, doesn't it? Sin is serious. We should take it that way. Here's a couple things to think about. First of all, don't flirt with it. Don't flirt with sin. Write down Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. The Bible says, do not give our enemy a foothold. Okay, when I was in college, uh, they said you had to have two required PE courses. So I figured, hey, may as well have fun with this. I played basketball, I played baseball, you know, all those kind of things. So I took badminton and rock climbing. I said, hey, may as well have fun. 
By the way, badminton can be a pretty nasty sport if you get the right people, okay? I played this guy from the Middle East that would absolutely rip you apart. But that's a whole other story. All right, but rock climbing, when you, when you go rock climbing, somebody who's really good at rock climbing, they have these special shoes, and I mean, you're climbing up this big rock face. Did you know those people, they barely need a toehold. It's really incredible. I mean, they're just looking for a little little nudge out from the rock, and that's what they need to continue moving up. You know what the Bible says? We should not give the enemy one little place to put his toe in our lives. Think about it like this. If somebody was breaking into your house, would you rather have a chain lock or would you rather have a deadbolt? Okay? Somebody comes, hey, I'm trying to break into your house. You know, well, hey, let me check this out. You're going to open the chain lock? No, because you open the chain lock, that person can get their foot in the door and the next thing you know, it's open. I'd much rather have a deadbolt. The Bible says don't flirt with sin. Some of us right now, we're, we're looking at it. We're thinking about it. We're entertaining it. We're getting awfully close to the line. You ever hear Christians, people talk about that? They're trying to figure out where the line is. And I don't want to cross the line, but I sure do want to get kind of close to it. Well, let me ask you this. If I did have one of those little poison snakes that that guy got killed with, would you say, I wonder, if he's up here on stage, I just wonder how close I can get without him biting me. Now, there might be some little nine-year-old boys running around this building that that'd be fun to them. But for the rest of us, we'd be like, hey, buddy, don't go over there, right? I don't want to get anywhere near that snake to bite me. Don't flirt with it, but don't hold on to it. Some of us have done more than entertain it. We've begun to allow it into our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard, if I, the, the word actually means to see sin in our lives, but it, it, it's, it's talking about in a way of, of gazing upon it. Okay, so if I have sin in my life and I'm looking upon it, I'm gazing upon it, I'm letting it linger in my life, the Bible says that's going to get in the way of God being able to have a relationship with me. God's not going to be able to hear my prayers because I'm regarding, I'm holding on to something that's putting an obstacle between He and me, me and Him and in in our relationship with, with one another. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord says <clears throat> um, that sin entangles us. The sin wraps around us. I think about it like this. Many times when I'm thinking about making a choice that's not honoring to the Lord, I think of it like wrapping rope around my legs. Okay? How smart would that be to try to move when your legs are all wrapped up? What's going to happen? You're going to trip, you're going to fall, and you're going to fall flat on your face. So that's the idea that, that, that the Bible gives about sin is that it's going to trip us up. It's going to hurt us. Don't go there. Sin is serious. The Bible says that we should deal with it regularly, quickly, daily. Write that down. Sin should be dealt with daily. Now, before we go into this, I want to talk a little bit just about daily, how you can begin to practice letting God work on sin in our lives. But before we get into that, I just want to share this. What all of us need more than anything is to be forgiven, is to be saved, 
is to be born again, whatever you want to call it, converted, whatever you want to call it. The Bible talks about, listen, friend, because the reason I'm trying to make this clear is because what I'm about to talk about, sometimes people get a little fuzzy between what I'm talking about now and what we're about to talk about. The Bible says there's an eternal aspect of our salvation, okay? When I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, I am born again. I become a child of God. Listen, good news, Colossians 2 verse 13 says, He has forgiven us for all our transgressions. You ought to say, oh my goodness, what did he just say? When I was 14, do you know what I did? When I was 18, do you know what I did? When I was 23, when I was 57, do you know what I did last year? Do you know what I did last week? And we don't even know what you're going to do next week or six months after that. The Bible says that God, through Christ, has eternally forgiven me of all my sins. Wow. Pastor Robbie's not like an easily excitable person, but I could jump off the platform and kick my legs together and say hallelujah on that one. Amen? Because I know my story. I don't know yours. But to forgive me for what I've done, I don't even understand that. It's not right, it's not fair, but I'll take it, amen? Okay, so there's an eternal aspect of our salvation. Praise the Lord that's secure. But there's also a daily aspect of God dealing with our sins, of of our salvation, that we need to realize as well. Let me just maybe draw this distinction. There's a difference between owning a car and washing the car. Right? Okay, when I pay for a car, I get the title, I own that car, it's mine. But not everybody that owns one Keeps it up, do they? Okay? That's the difference we're talking about. There's never a question of whether I possess salvation and security in Christ. When I've given my life to Him, I'm a child of God now and forever. But there is a question about how clean my life is, how close that daily relationship is. Maybe think about it this way. We should rest in the relationship. We should work on the fellowship. Hear that? We should rest in, I don't have to do anything more. Christ has done it all for me. Thank God, thank God, thank God. But in order for me to truly experience that intimacy with God, I need to nurture that daily relationship with Him. So how do we deal with sin daily? First of all, right down, we need to spend time with God. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, but again, it's huge. I need to read God's Word. I need to pray. Now listen, here's the reason. Some Christians just leave church with that. Okay, Pastor Robbie, our church says I should read the Bible and I should pray. That's what they leave with, okay? Well, I don't know about you, but that doesn't get me excited, okay? It's just homework, right? If I'm supposed to be a good Christian, I read the Bible and pray. Here's the purpose of reading the Bible and praying. I need to stand in front of God every day. Okay? Now listen, Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. The Bible says, search me, O God. Try my heart. Lord, Lord, check me out. Anybody ever do virus check on your computer? Why? Because those people, they're out sitting out there trying to ruin my life with a virus. Amen? And so I need to get something to check my computer to find out, is there any one of those things inside of my computer? I need to do a scan of my hard drive to find out, is there anything there that's going to hurt That's exactly what's going on in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. He says, search me, God, check me out. Make sure there's nothing in my life that is going to hurt me and others. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. And then 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, I love this image. 
In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this. It says, but we all, with unveiled face... Okay, now that unveiled kind of doesn't make as much sense to me as maybe unblocked or unhindered. Because of Jesus, because of the access He gave us to God, there is nothing standing in the way of us meeting with God. Isn't that awesome? Okay? But we all with unveiled face, beholding, are looking as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now here, you should see this. When you spend time with God every morning, you should see this. I'm coming before God. I'm standing in His presence. And He is radiating back to me as I'm spending time in His presence. I see who He is. And I don't look a lot like that. Amen? And as I spend time in His presence, He is bringing that presence to bear more and more in my life. I need to spend time with God daily so I can begin living my life a lot more like Jesus would live it. By the way, with what I just described, who are you comparing with? You're comparing with God and not other people. See, I have this little habit. I like comparing with other people. Because I know enough people, I can always find somebody that I feel better about myself than you. Amen? And you think, y'all think I sound bad. Y'all do the same thing. If, I, if I'm standing with the Lord and He's speaking to my heart, if I can just think of somebody else that's got something wrong in their life, but I'm not doing that one, then I'm avoiding the thing that God wants to deal with. And guess what? I'm just kidding myself. Because as a result of that self-justification, that thing is going to stay there and it's still going to do its damage. Second thing is this, have a tender heart. Be open to God. Say, God, I want you to speak to me. Because it's one thing for God to speak, and it's another for us to respond. Okay? You can get lots of messages, come to church, read your Bible, you can get lots of messages, but you've got to allow it to find a tender heart. God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to lead me. I want to hear your voice. And by the way, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, I want to give a big warning Warning, warning. Something, I'm not sure what it is, but something happens over time where we quit being quite so tender and teachable. And we think we know some things. And we think we're pretty good at some things. And we quit listening. Friend, listen. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 50 years or 5 minutes. We all ought to be a god I don't know anything. God, please speak to me. Please help me. I don't have the answers. I understand I need you. In fact, if you've been a Christian for 50 years, if anything, you ought to realize how much you need Him. Amen? We ought to be a place here at New Hope of a lot of tender-hearted, God, just speak to us. Speak for your servants who are listening. Amen? Number three, agree with what God shows you. Okay, so I'm reading God's Word. I'm spending time with Him. God speaks to me. I hear that. I'm receiving that. But, but the Lord says, okay, Robbie, this is something I want to deal with in your life. Well, I've got another habit. I like to say, I know God, but... Right? Let me just encourage you to take a different direction. All right? How about the different direction would be, I see that, Lord, and you're right needs to change. Amen? That's called confession. The word confession in the Bible, some of you may have heard before in the Greek language, the word confession means to, uh, to say the same thing as someone else. Okay? So God says, Robbie, that's not good for you. And I just say, you're right, God, that's not good for me. That's confession. 
And repentance, we're going to talk about more in just a minute, is, uh, God, I see that, I admit that, I acknowledge that, and I don't like it, and I want it to change. I was watching, I was flipping through the stations the other day, and one of those uh, fake court TV, you know, joke shows was on. And, and so it was the end of the show, and the lady comes on, and, and she's trying to give all of us criminals some advice, you know. And so she says, here's what you need to do. So you don't have to come in my courtroom. Name it and claim it so you can tame it. I'm like, you know, that's not bad advice. It is what it is. It's wrong. It's mine. I own up to it. And then maybe you'll start seeing some victory and difference in your life. There was a little bit of truth in what she said. I want to add this to, to this as well, though. Agree with what God shows you, but, but just write a little note there. Do it quickly. Anybody ever drag your feet when God's speaking to you? Well, but Lord... You know what I've learned? As soon as God shows you something, that's the time to do something with it. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and get used to... Some, some Christians say keeping short accounts with God. That's the way some people refer to it. Is I just want to continually be walking with the Lord, letting Him give input in my life, and as soon as something comes in that is not pleasing to Him, I immediately recognize that and deal with it. Amen? I'll tell you how it usually happens with me. I mean, what usually happens is I do the dumb thing, and then about two seconds later, I go, oh, that wasn't the best approach. Amen? And I have to go back and apologize. But at least I responded quickly. So whatever it is for you, just begin to get used to, hey, when God speaks to you, just keep, keep that close walk with Him. Here's the way I like to look at it. I call it being allergic to sin. Probably there are many people in this room who are allergic to something. Whatever it is, you can't be in its presence very long without it bothering you, right? So if we would begin to think about it that way. Now listen, people. Don't somebody sitting out there, oh, I know this is going to be one of those churches. You've got to be perfect. You've got to get it all right. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is Jesus got it all right. When I put my trust in Him, I'm done with all that trying to be perfect. He was perfect for me. Amen? Rest, freedom, no more of that junk. But let's don't use that as an excuse not to want to stay as close to Him as we can. Amen? So that's what we're talking about here. Do it quickly. How long do you want to stay in that not right relationship with the Lord? Then number four, ask the Lord to cleanse you. The classic verse on this, asking the Lord to cleanse you, is 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It's going to be up on the screen here. Uh, I'm going to read the verse, and as I do, you read the part that's underlined. Okay, 1 John 1, 9. If we... Confess our sins, which means if we say the same thing, we said that, that God says about them, if we agree with Him about them, I love that part. He is faithful. I can just stop there and sing a song. Amen? He is faithful. I mean, how faithful has God been to your life? He is faithful and just to our sins and to from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that I come before God daily. I, my heart is open to Him. He speaks to me about things. I agree with God about that. I ask the Lord, Lord, I don't like that in my life. Would you cleanse that from my life? Now again, i got to make a distinction because some of you still are thinking, oh yeah, this is when I asked Jesus to forgive me. This is not re-salvation. Okay? If I am a child of God, if my kids came to me every day and said, Dad, I'm sorry I didn't clean my room, sorry I didn't do my homework, sorry I didn't do this, but please can I come back into the family? I'd say, guys, what are y'all talking about? Can I please be reinstated? I'd say, 
there's been times I wanted to uninstate you, but you don't have to be reinstated. Wouldn't you just tell your kids, please stop saying that to me. Now let's deal with the problem. Amen? So we come to God for cleansing, not for salvation. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of His. Done deal. Set. Praise the Lord. But I'm coming to you, God, because you and I both know things aren't where they need to be. So it's not for the relationship. Again, it's for the fellowship. Then number five, seek to live differently. This is the repentance part. Okay? What it means is when God shows me something, I agree with Him about it, I ask Him to cleanse it, but part of that asking Him to cleanse it is an understanding that my desire is I want it to be different now. I desire for it to change. This kind of helps against what some people call easy believism of just, oh, I ask God for forgiveness and He does it and then I go do whatever I want to. That's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is I ask God to forgive me, He forgives me, but... My living different is not a requirement for receiving salvation, but it is evidence that I have received it. Are you listening? Living differently does not get me a relationship with God, but living differently and a desire to live differently shows that I have one. It, again, the word many times used you know, in the Bible is repentance, but that's what it's talking about. Then number six, be accountable to somebody. Again, I said this last time, if you aren't serious about being accountable to other people, then you probably don't mean business with this. I'm real good at kind of talking for God. You know, I'll be with Him, and I'll say, hey, Lord, I know I'm not reading my Bible, but you know, I know we're still good, right? And, and I'll hear Him say, yeah, Robbie, we're good. But when I have a friend in the Lord, they say, oh, Robbie, you're blowing smoke. And God says, and I'm going to say for him, you need to get your act together. Amen? I need somebody who can sort of call me on it and say, you know, Rob, I mean, in love. You know, Robbie, you've said you hadn't read your Bible in two weeks. You know, every day you keep telling me, or every week, you, keep, you know, what's going on? That's helpful, isn't it? i got to tell you guys, the last few months, the Lord's really been speaking to me about sin in my life. And, and not in a condemning guilt kind of way, but just being in His presence and being amazed by learning more about who He is and seeing how unlike Him I am many times in my life. And i got to tell you, that's not always fun, is it? It's not always comfortable, but I do welcome it. I do ask the Lord to show me. Because like Psalm 139 verse 24 says, Lord, show me if there be any hurtful way in me. I don't want to bring pain on my life, but I especially don't want to bring pain in anybody else's life. God, would you root out? And He's been showing me some things that I, that I think I have had scaled over eyes for years about. I think Him that He's showing me some of those things. Is God speaking to you this morning about something that you haven't thought about for years. Maybe it's just asking God to forgive you for your sin. I can go through my whole time with the Lord every day and not even ask for God search my heart. I can spend time in the Word. I can be praying for you guys or for my family. Or I can be praying about needs and I just go for weeks without dealing with sin in my life. 
Maybe God's just speaking to you that that's something that you need to incorporate back into your daily walk with God. God, would you just search my heart? I conveniently weed it out because I personally don't like dealing with it. Amen? But God's showing me that it's important. Maybe you're here this morning and you are that 70-year-old man with 24 venomous snakes. Can I just tell you? I mean, good job, buddy. You've made it 40 years. But they're going to get you. Amen? God's not, God's not trying to get you. He's saying that sin is going to get you, and He doesn't want that to happen. He loves you too much to let it keep happening. Would you trust Him this morning? Would you say, God, I see that. Thank you for protecting me this long. Amen, anybody? Thank you for graciously keeping me from reaping the consequences up until this point. But God, I know you're speaking to me. I agree. I want to change. Maybe here this morning you've never had that relationship we've talked about. But today's the day it needs to start. Would you bow with me? If you are that person here today that's never received Christ as your Savior, friend, can I just share with you? I don't want to oversimplify it, but the Bible does make it very straightforward. It's a very simple message that God gave so that any child, adult, older adult, anyone, any culture could understand and receive this message. He said, I created you and I want to have a relationship with you. But you've got to trust me. You need to be forgiven. Past, present, and future. I need to cleanse your life. And I sent my son for you. And he defeated what would have destroyed you. But if you'll trust me, I'll give you life. It starts right now and lasts forever and ever. Right now, if you're here today and you said, that's what I want, that's what I've been needing, not religion, but a relationship with God. Would you call out to Him and say, dear God, please forgive me. Thank you for saving me today. I ask you to come into my life and be my Savior. I want to walk with you and follow you all the days of my life. Others of us here are followers of Jesus, but God's speaking to us in different ways. Would you just take a moment to talk with the Lord about whatever it is He's shown you today? Maybe you need to say, God, I see what you're saying. I... I know, Lord, and I've been avoiding that. Please give me the strength to deal with it, Lord. Father, we thank you that you love us too much to let us stay where we're at. God, we thank you that you've taken care of our salvation through Christ. Now we're not bound to live, we're free to live in you. So, Lord, help us to receive awesome offer that you're giving to us to see more victory in our lives help us to receive that we pray in jesus name amen